I want us to read our text today from Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. We're going to read two verses or two uh, translations, one verse of scripture. We're going to begin with the Good News Bible. Jeremiah 6.16, let's read together. The Lord said to his people, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths and where the best road is. Walk in it and you will live in peace. But they said, no, we will not. From the Message Bible, God's message yet again. Go stand at the crossroads and look around. Ask for directions to the old road, the tried and true road. Then take it. Discover the right route for your souls. But they said, nothing doing. We aren't going that way. Nothing doing. We aren't going that way. At least they were honest. At least they were up front. Least you knew right where they stood. Therefore, it is no surprise when you open the scriptures and you begin to read the book of Jeremiah that you will discover early on that the people of Judah were in a terrible state. It's not surprising. Well, actually, it is surprising because when you come to realize that Judah had actually encountered revival and reformation sometime earlier, not too far in their past, they had encountered revival during the reign of King Josiah. We had a look at this some weeks ago on discovering the keys to revival, and we spent some time studying Josiah, King Josiah. And the people of Judah are not that far removed from that season of revival and reformation that took place under King Josiah, the king himself leading This reformation, leading the nation in revival. Jeremiah was a prophet then as well. In fact, Jeremiah began his prophetic ministry in the 13th year of King Josiah. Jeremiah prophesied during the reign of five different kings of Judah. Josiah, Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah. For 40 years, this man was faithful to prophesy during the reigns of all of these kings of Judah. And it is surprising that early on in the book of Jeremiah, we we see that the children, the people of Judah are really in dire straits spiritually. The nation is in a state of chaos because they had not too far in their past 
encountered revival. Under Josiah, you will remember the book of the law was discovered in the temple in 2 Kings chapter 22 and verse 8. And the worship of God's people in Judah was reformed. But as time passed, the people began to give lip service. As time passed, the people began to let go of the transformation of heart that they had encountered. The people began to slip back into their old paganistic lifestyles. They began to be influenced by the people around them. And all the great discoveries they made in that season of, in that time of revival, they began to lose them and they began to let go. They uttered prayers of repentance, but they did not change their ways. Their conversations with God became casual. They had no sense of reverence and awe in His presence. We begin to see their condition as we open the pages of the book of Jeremiah and we begin to read and see how the nation began to transgress and digress so rapidly. They ended up abandoning God's ways, selling out fully to sin and depravity. Though the Lord himself pleaded with them to come back to him. We read in Jeremiah that around the second chapter, you've been an unfaithful wife. I, I, I want to, he, I'm pleading with you, God says, as a husband, come back to me. This is the cry of the heart of God to the people. It was to become one of Judah's darkest hours, darkest times. But in chapter 5, God gave Jeremiah a chance to save his civilization. All Jeremiah needed to do, if you read chapter 5, we read that all Jeremiah had to do was to find one righteous man in the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem being the capital of Judah, the capital city of Judah. And chapter 5, God said, I want you to find one righteous man in Jerusalem, the capital, and if you find that man, I will forgive the entire nation. This is how dark and how desperate it is. Just one, not a hundred, not fifty, not ten, or even two. God said just one. So Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 1, the Lord says, Walk up and down the streets of Jerusalem. Look around and discover these things. Search the public squares of the city. If you can find one person who does honest things, who searches for the truth, I will forgive this city. So Jeremiah, he looked through the whole city. Now I want you to keep that word looked in mind. We're going to come back to it in a moment. Jeremiah he looked through the entire city. He scoured the streets 
of the city. He started with the common people. The poor, as he called them in Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 4. It's amazing to me. The common people, Jeremiah addressed them as poor. They were actually very poor, very poor in spirit. Not only in poverty, but the entire nation is in a state of spiritual poverty. And so Jeremiah began a search in the city among the common people. But they had been struck down and they had been crushed by the hardships of life. Thus they were calloused and they were stubborn and they were obstinate. Hence, that's why we read, no, we will not. We will not go to the crossroads. Not one individual in that city among the common people had learned obedience through suffering and through what they had encountered. So Jeremiah then went to the leaders. He went to the high rent district where the priests and the politicians lived. And he went with hope. In verse 5, the first part of Jeremiah 5, verse 5, it says, Surely they know the way of the Lord. Speaking of the leaders, surely they know the way of the Lord, the requirements of their God. Not so. The latter part of that verse says, but I found the very reverse to be true. These had all alike broken the yoke of God's law and had burst the bonds of obedience to him. Where else could Jeremiah look? Well, not even among the children. For God said in verse 7 of Jeremiah 5, why should I forgive you? Your children have forsaken me and sworn by gods that are not gods. So Jeremiah, unable to discover even one righteous person to save Judah from perishing, reveals that this broken nation is beyond desperate. I mean, they are far beyond desperate to discover the way back to God. So what does Jeremiah do? Oh, thank God for faithful men in their generation. Thank God for the prophet Jeremiah who, in the midst of all of this crisis and all of this trouble in the nation and darkness, Jeremiah points them in the right direction. In our text, he says, go stand at the crossroads. Go stand at the crossroads and look around. Ask for directions to the old road, the tried and true road. Then take it. Discover the right route for your souls. Today we continue with the series we began last Sunday, Discovery at the Crossroads. Discovery at the Crossroads. Go stand at the crossroads and look around, ask for directions to the old road, the tried and true road, then take it. You know, the people of God often find themselves at crossroads. In fact, crossroads are a part of life's journey. Monumental issues that are before us in our journey as a nation Issues before us in our church life as well as individually 
these issues indicate that crossroads are before us. You may be here today and facing crossroads. Well, the answer to all of these things that we face, the issues that we face and that we must deal with in life will be determined by our desire and our commitment to discover the right way to take when we're at the crossroads. See, Judah was at a huge crossroads. God was about to pronounce judgment upon this entire nation, and he's working with his man. He's working with his prophet Jeremiah. Inviting Jeremiah to find one righteous person in the capital city. And I mean, things are not looking good for Judah, but Jeremiah is so patient, and Jeremiah is so gracious. Jeremiah is so broken. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet because Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations. And he's called the weeping prophet and he's, he's just broken before the people and he's, he's challenging the people. We're at a crossroads and, 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 and we're, we're at a point right now, God is very, when you read these chapters in Jeremiah, God's very serious. <laughs> and God's, God, is, God has had it. God is fed up with the people and all the issues that they're facing and all that's going on. Jeremiah is faithful to instruct them that there is a way in which if you will go, if you will take this way, if you will, if you will go and do what I'm commanding you and what I'm challenging you to do, you will make a discovery. And God will turn things around for us because we are his covenant people. So the answer to all the issues we face and that we must deal with in life will be determined by our desire and our commitment to discover the right way to take at the crossroads. May we not be as Judah who said, no, we will not go that way. No, we will not. Our text gives us keys. Jeremiah lays out some keys in which to make that discovery. First, he says, stand at the crossroads. Stand. We must take a stand at the crossroads. We must station ourselves. I love that. As Pastor Kevin ministered this to Third Thursday on this past Thursday, we must station ourselves. We must stand at the crossroads and choose truth over lies. We must choose life over death. And we carefully considered this word stand last week. Today, I want to go a bit further. Stand at the crossroads and look. Stand at the crossroads and look. The word look means to see beyond yourself. To see beyond yourself. To see so that one can learn to know to see so that one can learn to know, to know the way. To see so that one can learn to know. And it also means to discern. Go stand 
at the crossroads and look to see beyond yourself, to see so that one can learn to know, to discern. If you're standing at a crossroads today, there's a major decision in front of you to make. I want you to listen carefully because there's a truth for discovery. 2022 at Nairobi Lighthouse Church is our year of discovery. And we're making some amazing discoveries this year. And it's exciting. And here's another key right here. The second key to discover, to come to know the right way to take at the crossroads. Number two, learn to be outwardly observing and inwardly discerning. We must learn to be outwardly observing and inwardly discerning. At the crossroads, stand and look to look beyond yourself to see so that one can learn to know, to discern. So from the meaning of this word, meanings of this word, look, we discover a key to know the right route that we should take at this crossroads. We have to learn. Everybody say learn. It doesn't matter how old you are, you're always going to be learning. The day you stop learning, the day you stop growing. We're always learning. Learn to be outwardly observing and inwardly discerning. Why do, let's, let's take a little, let's take just a few moments on these two. Outwardly dis, observing, outwardly observing. You see, it's so easy when you're at the crossroads in life to look inward. Now, connect with me. It's so easy when you're at a crossroads to look inward, to focus on your fears, to focus on your perceived inadequacies. It's so easy when you come to a crossroads to focus on your failures and to focus on your shortcomings. And when we begin to focus inward, we begin to focus on our fears, especially the fear of the future. Because when we come to a crossroads, we have to deal with that. The fear of the future. Our perceived inadequacies. Our failings. When we begin to do that, it hinders us from discovery. It hinders us from discovering the right direction to go. We have to learn to lift our eyes, to lift up our eyes and to look outwardly. Not look inwardly, but look outwardly. Sure, there's times for soul searching, of course. There's times when we must soul search. There's times when we must just take some time and allow the Holy Spirit to, to focus, uh, uh, to, to really zero in, to really come and, and work on the inside of us. And, and, and that's very, very important. So I don't want you to, I don't want you to mishear what I'm saying. That is very important. But when you come to a crossroads, many times 
we find ourselves coming to a point where we get stuck because we, we've got to make a decision. We've got to move into, into what we, what's before us, and yet we're stuck because all we can see is me. All I can see is, is, is what I've done wrong or my, my lack. And, and when I begin to focus there, faith begins to, faith begins to dissipate from my life because so often crossroads require faith. Listen, church, crossroads can and crossroads should be a learning experience for us. It shouldn't be where when we get to that crossroads, we're just, we're just so devastated. We, you know, we look back over our life and, and crossroads became defining moments for us, which weren't that positive, weren't that easy. Crossroads can and should be a learning experience for us. Don't worry. Don't, don't let yourself get to the place where you're, you're afraid of, of really grasping the lesson that God has for you. And many times those lessons come at crossroads in our life. This is why Jeremiah instructed Judah to go and stand at the crossroads and look. After all they had encountered in following God and lacking nothing along the way, they still had not learned to trust and obey God. So God said, go, stand, and look. Look at the way you have traveled. So when you get to the crossroads, look at the way you have traveled. Consider not just the choice of roads ahead, but most importantly, look back at the way by which you have come. This is so important when we get to the crossroads. See how God has dealt with you up to this point. See how faithful that God has been to get you where you are. See how good God has been. You see, if you're focusing inward and all you're just looking at is you and your lack, you're not going to lift up your eyes and begin to see God who's a very present help in the time of need, a very present help in the time of trouble. When we have decisions to make and monumental decisions and decisions that are going to impact us and perhaps many others as well. It's so important for us to grasp this church. You need to take a moment. This is why you stand. This is why you, 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 you become motionless. You, this is why you station yourself because you're going to take a moment and you're going to look back on how faithful God has been. You're going to look back on how God has brought you and and done great things for you. Hallelujah. It's so important. Looking also implies gathering information. Looking also implies gathering information. God says when we're at the crossroads, we're to look as far as we can down the different roads, which is a way of saying we're to gather as much information as we can regarding the consequences of our decision. We need to look as far as we possibly can regarding the consequences of our decision. Ask yourself, what will I think about this decision 10 years from now? 
Come on, this is why it's important to stand at the crossroads and to look. Ask yourself, what will I think about this decision 10 or maybe even 20 years from now? This is so important. This will help you overcome the emotion of the moment, the pressure of the moment. What can I see down each path before me? And which would be the most likely to bring me to my desired destination? Come on, guys. What can I see down each path that is before me? And which would be the most likely to bring me to my desired destination? You see, to discover the right route, you must first determine your desires. Where do you desire to end up? Come on, where do you desire to end up? You have to determine, first determine your desire. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Is that your desire? Come on. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So, learn to be outwardly observing. And finally, learn to be inwardly discerning. Learn to be inwardly discerning. If there was ever a time we need discernment, it's now. Goodness me. If there was ever a time we need discernment, it's now. In its simplest definition, discernment is nothing more than the ability to decide between truth and error, right and wrong. In its simplest definition, discernment is nothing more than the ability to discern between or to decide between truth and error, right and wrong. Discernment is the process of making careful distinctions in our thinking about truth. Discernment is the process of making careful distinctions in our thinking about truth. We could say it this way, the ability to think with discernment is synonymous with the ability to think biblically. Let me repeat that. The ability to think with discernment goes hand in hand or it's synonymous with the ability to think biblically. Everything you face in life, the answer is right here. Everything that you're dealing with in life, the answer is right here. Not necessarily in books written about this book, but this book itself. In fact, some of you, you need to set the books that have been written about this book down and get this book. Come on, guys. Whether you applaud or not, I will preach. That means the Word of God, the Scripture, becomes my standard of living and my pattern for life. It becomes the basis of my thinking processes. 
the word of God becomes the foundation in my thought processes. When I'm at the crossroads and I'm beginning to consider, I'm beginning to to look, I'm beginning to observe, I'm beginning to consider the way forward and looking to God, I must allow God by His Word. I must be open to God and allow the Word of God to become the foundation of my thoughts and my thought processes before I move forward. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 through 22 teaches that it is the responsibility of every Christian to be discerning. God's Word translation says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. Don't despise what God has revealed. Instead, test everything. Hold on to what is good. Keep away from every kind of evil. The key to living an uncompromising life lies in one's ability to exercise discernment in every area of his or her life. This is why we have to see so that one can learn to know. We have to see so that one can learn to know. Discernment intersects the Christian life at every point. You need to hear this today. Discernment intersects the Christian life at every point. We face decisions daily. What to eat. What to wear. You say, well, pastor, what is the Bible? Really, you're talking about this biblical thinking and what is the Bible? Is is the word of God really have anything to say about what I eat? Does the Word of God really have anything to say about what I wear? (laughs) You might be a little surprised. You see, we face decisions daily. What to eat, what to wear, how to educate our children, what to purchase, where to work, where to live, our entertainment choices. Indeed, there is so much in our world grappling for our attention, and we must become discerning people. Discernment intersects the Christian life at every point. Our choices of entertainment, we must allow the Word of God to be our standard and that we think upon these things. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think upon these things. Allow the Word of God to have influence over your thought life over your day-to-day activities, your day-to-day deportment, your day-to-day living and lifestyle and, and, and thought processes. Allow the Word of God. That's how we learn discernment. That's how we learn to come to that place and discover. Listen, church, it's so important. Proverbs 17, 24 says, A discerning man keeps wisdom in view. And there's no greater wisdom than right here. A discerning man keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. A fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. God's word translation says, wisdom is directly in front of an understanding person, 
but the eyes of a fool are looking around all over the world. We must allow our hearts to be brought back into focus. We must get our eyes off of these things of the world. Come on, we're at a crossroads. Thousands of details are vying for our attention. And we must know where this wisdom comes from. And we must seek to discover it in the name of Jesus. And when we do, church, the Lord will reveal to us the right way to take. I just want to pray with us and agree with us in the word of the Lord together, around the word of the Lord together today. You're at a crossroads and you say, Pastor, I, there's so many voices, there's so many opinions, there's so much around me. I just want to take a moment right now and I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to just open to my understanding I want the standard of God's word to once more be evidenced in my life. I want my thought processes to be influenced not by the words of others, but by the word of God. I want the word of God to be to be what is my greatest source of influence in this decision that's before me. How many of you have a decision right now. I mean, you're, you're, you're standing at a crossroads and a decision is really weighing upon you that you have to make. I'm praying for the Holy Spirit to give you great insight. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today to allow the Holy Spirit to teach you, learn in this time and, and begin getting your eyes off of yourself and Begin to look outwardly. Begin to look back as well as how far God has brought you and where God, the great things that God has done. Put yourself in remembrance of how God has brought you to this moment. And He's not about to leave you. He's not about to forsake you. He's not about to drop you now. Come on, He has a plan. He has a plan that will prevail in Jesus' name. And I'm praying that inwardly, by the voice of the Holy Spirit, that discernment will come to you. That word of the Lord that you need will come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, I thank you for every heart that is that is, is lifted, every hand which represents hearts lifted up right now. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you by your power and you by your Holy, precious Holy Spirit will reveal to every individual, Father, in the name of Jesus, this, this, this truth, oh God, the word of the Lord that they need, Lord, even as they think upon and take time standing at this crossroads right now, Lord, and as they're looking outwardly, Lord, as they put their eyes upon you, as they get sh- shift their eyes and their vision off of the things around them and they look to you, Lord Jesus, thank you that your Holy Spirit is quickening into their heart bringing to their mind, reminding them of your truth in Jesus' name. And we give you the glory. We thank you that you're leading and guiding and directing into the fullness of all that you have. God, you have greater things ahead of us. You have mightier things ahead of us. And we're making those discoveries. We thank you that we're discovering the right path to take. 
and we're walking in it. We will not say no. We say yes. And we rise up and give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. We stand with you for the will of the Lord to be done. The plan and purposes of God will prevail in the name of Jesus. Come on, can we give God praise today for His amazing goodness? Have a great week of discovery, everybody. God bless you.